It's not possible for anyone to be healed from leprosy and not be grateful. You see, the problem was not that the ten or the other nine were ungrateful. They were no doubt very grateful. But the problem was that only one out of the ten returned to give thanks, to bring thanksgiving. You know, it is easy to consider our environment and surroundings and, well, be grateful for some of the things that we have, but allow other things to overshadow that gratefulness to keep us from being thankful. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, takes us back to God's Word as we understand true thankfulness. Here's Pastor Leighton in the book of Luke with more. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to find the story of Jesus healing ten lepers. And let me give you a little background so that you can under, understand better and appreciate better what's taking place here. In America today, one of the most feared words when being diagnosed for a disease is the word cancer. It brings fear into people's hearts. It brings terror into people's hearts. And yet many forms of cancer can be treated. Uh, some, some, some cancer can be removed. Other cancers can be stopped in, in their progress. But there's treatments available for cancer. Well, in the audience of Jesus' day, the most feared disease was leprosy. And there was no cure for leprosy. And leprosy was painful in every regard. It was painful relationally because if you were diagnosed with leprosy, you were pronounced unclean. You could not touch anyone that's healthy. You were forced to leave your, your spouse. You were forced to leave your children. You, were, you had to leave your, your family. You had to leave your friends. You had to leave your work. You had to leave town. You, had to, you just were out. You were all by yourself. It was painful, too, because you would watch your, your hands and your, and your legs and your feet get disfigured and fingers would just fall off and disappear and, and toes. And, and it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible disease. And, and you would live in want because you couldn't work and you were outside of the comforts and the protections of the city. You, if you were a leper, you were required to keep yourself a certain distance from healthy people. And if they came within a certain distance, you were to call out, Unclean! Unclean! So that they would know to stay away from you and keep their distance. And if they, uh, if some were actually required to wear a bell around their neck, like, like a cowbell, so that people would know that there was a leper nearby and, and be able to keep their distance. It was a, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. We're at chapter 17 of Luke, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Now we know why they stood at a distance. And lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. 
So throughout the region, from the length and breadth of the land, the news of Jesus' healing had had been had, had traveled it, it, the healing of lame people and blind people and deaf people and even raising the dead and uh, when these lepers heard that Jesus was coming they they stayed at the distance they had to but they began crying out calling for help they didn't want Jesus to pass by and miss the opportunity for healing and Jesus said something very interesting he said go and show yourself to the priests Well, the law of Moses, or the law of God passed through Moses, required that if someone had a certain skin rash, they were to go and show themselves before the priest. And the priest would know if that skin rash was leprosy. And that if it was not leprosy, they would be declared clean. If it was leprosy, they would be declared unclean. But the law also provided, in the rare event of healing, uh, for a former leper to come and present themselves before the priest to be declared clean. Now, these lepers were obedient. And when I say that, this is what I'm saying. They had not yet been healed. But Jesus told them to go and to present themselves before the priests. In fact, the scripture here doesn't record that Jesus even made a promise that he was going to heal them. He just gave them an instruction. Go and show yourself before the priest. Well, why go? You're only supposed to go before the priest if you're healed. We're not yet healed. It doesn't make any sense, logically, for us to go before the priest. You know, when we're called by Jesus to do something, we need to be obedient to that. Even if we don't understand what it is he's asking us or why he's asking us to do it. Or even if it's something that we ourselves might not agree with. Jesus said... You love me if you keep my commandments. So these ten lepers, even though it didn't make any sense logically what Jesus had asked them to do, were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. And as they were walking on their road towards the uh, temple, chatting with one another, one of them glances up and notices that something has changed on, on, on the face of one of the traveling companions. And the leprosy was disappearing, or it had altogether disappeared. And, and that news caused every one of the lepers to look at each other and, and give testimony that healing had taken place. Because they probably didn't have mirrors, so they depended on each other to tell them what was taking place. And, 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 and so, you know, some of the preachers have suggested that uh, only one out of the ten was grateful. But uh, one of the great theologians of our time said, it's not possible for anyone to be healed from leprosy and not be grateful. You see, the problem was not that the ten or the other nine were ungrateful. They were no doubt very grateful. But the problem was that only one out of the ten returned to give thanks, to bring thanksgiving. Now, verse 17, Jesus answered, he says, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, we're not told. In all likelihood, when they saw that they were healed, they raced to the priests so that they could be declared clean, so that they could run home and they could hug their wives and hold their children, which is something they couldn't have done since they had been declared unclean. We're not told where they went, but it's pretty clearly inferred that they had something of a higher priority on their agenda 
than giving thanks to God and giving thanks to Jesus Christ. There was something more important than giving thanks. Only one of the ten said, wait, before I go home to my spouse, before I go home to my, hold my children, I need to return and give thanks. That leper had an attitude of gratitude. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. So how can we have an attitude of gratitude? Well, let me suggest five ways. First off, we need to be always recognizing, always reminding ourselves that God is in control of all of the things that happen in our life, including the good and the bad. It's not that he necessarily brings the bad, but he's in control, and he works everything together for good. That's what Romans 8.28 says. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. By the way, that's one of my favorite verses. I've got it memorized, and I call on it often when the circumstances are not going the way I'd like them to go. I know that God is working all things together for good, whether that things are good or bad in and of themselves. classic example of this from the Bible is found in the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph had uh, ticked off his brothers. They, they wanted to kill him, but they got another idea. They sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt and rose in Egypt to a position second only to Pharaoh in the land. And uh, because of that, he was able to save his family. And uh, when he revealed himself to his brothers, Joseph said to his brothers, What you intended for evil, and believe me, folks, what they intended was evil, to sell their brother into certain death and slavery. What you intended for evil, God intended for good. And it was because of that that he was able to save his family from the famine. King David was uh, a man after God's own heart. He knew how to praise God in every circumstance. There was one circumstance where he was running for his life because his son Absalom wanted to take over the throne and depose him and wanted to kill his father, King David. And so King David is running for his life. And, and while he's doing that, in Psalm 60, 63, King David wrote, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I will praise you while he's running from his son who wants to kill him. The scriptures say, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, if you have your own Bible, you might want to underline the word in in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And because some people say or think that it says that we're supposed to thank God for every circumstance. And it doesn't say that. It says we're supposed to thank God in every circumstance. We don't thank God for evil things that happen to us and to others. You know, if, if uh, something happened to my children, I would, I would not be thankful for that event. If something happened to my wife, I would not be thankful for that event. If something happened to one of our congregation that was unjust, I would not be thankful for that event, not be thankful for something happening to me. But, I, but the Scriptures don't tell us to be thankful for those events that are evil. They tell us, the Scriptures tell us to be thankful in every circumstance. And the reason that we can be thankful in every circumstance is because we know that God is working all things together for good, that He has a purpose for allowing that whatever it is in our life 
uh, that's bigger than whatever it is that's happening in our life. Uh, he gives us the power to overcome the problem, and, he, and we have an opportunity to grow through that experience uh, if we will allow God to grow us through that experience. Indeed, experiences are fluctuative. They change day to day. But how we respond, how we are geared to respond to those circumstances gives us an opportunity to come back to God with great thankfulness. Well, as we celebrate Thanksgiving tomorrow, we'll have a final look at this message called Thanksgiving, Giving Thanks. We trust you'll join us then as you celebrate Thanksgiving with us. Thank you for joining us today. Questions, comments about the broadcast, information about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno can all be found on our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Tomorrow, our final look at Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. Join us then for study verse by verse.